Yo, 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 what up, though? It's your boy Jay Johnson, 313. Dame Gone Wild. We back three weeks in a row, three baby. Three weeks in a row. Uh, appreciate all the listeners. Hell and yeah. We got a big announcement. Big announcement, man. I'm, 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 I'm inspired. <laughs> Huge announcement that we fucking on Apple. Yes, man. Like, that shit is big. We finally on iTunes. Mama, I made it. Um, So, we probably got some different listeners right now. Because everybody not downloading the SoundCloud app. Nah, nah. But iTunes definitely exposes us to a bigger audience. If this is your first time listening, yo, we... Appreciate you. Hell yeah. I appreciate some of the retweets, the likes, some text messages and stuff we've been getting. Uh, just a lot of love. I appreciate it. Hey, any, and any feedback, good, negative, like if you got some shit that you love, let us know. If you got some shit that you hate, please let us know too, because... Right. Uh, you know, we looking to make this shit as amazing as possible. Absolutely. And I mean, the haters make us greater. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, welcome to week three, uh, Shop Talk. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. You got about it right this, this time. I know, man. Shop Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be the pause shop for a minute. Right, you know what I'm saying? So, um, man, we had a, a very interesting week. Uh, I guess we should just start off with Sunday, BET Awards. Man, the colored folks... Annual barbecue and picnic is what the fuck the BET Awards is. And you know Beyonce slave danced all over the Prince tribute. <laughs> so that's that's pretty interesting. We talk about Beyonce and After she murdered Prince. After she murdered Prince, then she stole the shine from Prince on his own tribute. Because to be perfectly honest, that was a dog ass open performance for her. Yeah, I mean, as much as much as I think Beyonce is a murderer of <laughs> some of the greatest soul legends, some of the greatest legends in music of all time, she's a hell of a performer. A hell of a performer. And how she set off the awards, I, I like, I'm i going to go out on a limb and say that besides Kendrick performing at the Grammys, this is probably the second best performance that we've gotten at an award show all year long. I'll be perfectly honest, this was a... And I didn't watch all of the BET Awards. Why would you? I, that's just not me. Why would you? Uh, but from that entrance, first off, uh, I enjoy Kendrick. I, I, he's really good for the culture. He and does I, no wrong. King Kendrick has done no wrong yet in his career. And when I say he does everything right, like he does it the right way. He pays respect. He pays homage. And that performance was dope. And I could understand the lyrics. I, I could understand what he was saying. Like, well, even when he spit, you ever heard Busta Rhymes at a concert? He sounds boop, boop, like blah. He sounds like boodle noodles and boodle noodles. You know what Busta Rhymes sound like at a contract? You seen Eminem Eight Mile? Yeah. When, uh, Lotto was rapping. Boop, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, that's how he sounds. And and he and Busta steps to the end of the stage like that shit is impressive. Yeah, dog. I seen a, a clip on uh, online from him at Summer Jams, and he literally did not say a word. He was like boop, 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 boop. And people t- comment, oh, he ripped it, he killed it. Like, what the fuck did he just say? Buster Rhymes hasn't killed shit in about 15 years, bro. We, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago off uh, off air. I think Buster Rhymes is one of the overrated artists of all time. Top five. Like, literally. Top five. Now, top five. Top five. Saying that, that don't mean Buster is whack. No, nah, he's not whack by any stretch, but for his career to have lasted... As as long as it ha- years, as maybe? long as it has, Buster doesn't have a classic album. At you all. can't you can't he doesn't even I go out and say that he doesn't even have a classic fucking verse. Mm. Come on what what is it? I cannot recite you one Buster Rhyme verse, but I think others that's just me, but I think others may say he definitely got classic songs. And classic verses. If you look at other rappers with twenty plus year careers, let's let's line them up against. What's the name of the joint he did with Janet? Because that was a dope song. But I did I cannot remember the name. What is going to be? I think. Yeah, that was a dope joint. But I mean, if you line up his twenty year career along the sides of like LL, Snoop, LL. Nas, <laughs> Jay. I mean, where does Buster Dre? Where does Buster Rhymes fit into Those that names, shit? His names don't fit with that. But uh, I, I appreciated Kendrick's performance, and uh, that's not the only thing I appreciated during the BET Awards, because there's really only two moments that I actually watched. There were only two things that were worthy to watch in the BET Awards. Beyonce killed that shit with the performance. I mean, straight up. I thought the Prince tributes throughout the show were, like, pretty decent. You know, niggas be sleeping on Bilal, yeah. and maybe it's because that he drops music sporadically, you know, he got a little bit of, 
you know, of an addiction problem. And I've been it, a fan of Bilal since, uh, I guess that was 2000, 2001 on Talib Kweli Quality Album. Yeah. The joint yeah. he did with Bilal. I'm like, oh, this guy is really talented. Yeah, and he just doesn't get the shine that he does. And I think some of it is caused by his personal demons, his whole body of work. He's not putting out a lot of substantial work, so I think people really sleep on him. I thought Jennifer Hudson performing Purple Rain was dope as fuck. I'd be perfect honest. I didn't watch none of that shit. I see, You know what? I watched it on Instagram. That's cool. I yeah. mean, that's how I, we I get our news. I've seen, the, I seen the, like, the, the 30 second and one minute clips of those performances, but uh, I ended up working that night, so I didn't catch uh, Jesse Williams' speech live, but Genius... Um, you know, genius.com do yeah. the lyrics. They uh posted the lyrics of it and I read it. And while I was reading it, uh, one of my homeboys sent me a link to the YouTube video of it. Um, and it was a dope. And YouTube speech. is taking his video down. Word, yeah, That's they are pulling that shit. I think it's more so Viacom pulling that shit from YouTube. But try going, try searching for that Jesse Williams video now on YouTube. You won't be able to find it, bro. That's interesting. They don't want. They don't want us to be educated. They don't want us to be enlightened. What's the new shit the niggas are saying? They don't want us to be woke. Is yeah. is the new the new shit? But oh, I hate the Instagram woke niggas though. But that's a, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah, we'll, we we may have to touch on that because yeah. I hate fake consciousness. Yeah. And while Jesse Williams says some poignant things, it was a great speech for what it was, and he used his platform. Wisely, and, and while I can't knock, and he addressed what, a lot of topics. So he addressed clearly how we treat it, uh, how we treat each other, how we, we treat black women, how we treat black women, how we purchase things for the, we 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 do for the brands and things of that nature. And also said people out here doing the work, we ain't doing that work just so you can chill, yeah, and, and benefit off of it. Uh, don't criticize us unless you're trying to help. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it all. I guess the question I or I'm interested in is why you think it was received so well? Because it was at the annual Color Folks Cookout and Barbecue Picnic. That's <laughs> why. But because <laughs> David Banner, quiet as is kept, not even quiet as is kept. David Banner has been on the same type of campaign, spewing the same type of truth for the last year and a half, two Killer years Mike. now. Yeah, Killer. Every time Killer Mike is on TV is worth watching I mean, because Killer he's Mike smart, this, he's poignant, and he drives even, the point I home. I argue that Killer Mike did it on a bigger stage. He did it on The View. Yeah. on a, Like on ABC on The View, and you know who watched The View. A fat black man with a beard whose name is Killer Mike. Sitting Killer with, Mike even brought out, he introduced Bernie Sanders at uh, one of his rallies. Like yeah. So like Killer Mike is very... Poignant with his words, he's very—he's uh, a great orator. I mean, he's a rapper. He—he he, he uses words for a living. Knows how to control the crowd. Knows how to pull you in. And I mean, so I'm gonna tell you why I think it was so important. Okay. Uh, because uh, black women run the movement, period, uh, and they always have. So you always have a man who actually who giving a speech or whatever. But the day to day operations, whether it was the Black Panthers, when I see. The New Era Detroit movement, like the women actually do it. And I think the women like Jesse Williams. Yeah. I like they like the TV show he's on and they like how he looked and they listen to it. This has been the year of the light skin. Like beige niggas you is winning. You, yeah. You winning. Steph Curry, Drake, he Obama, wait, wait. Jesse Williams. Like wait. we Well, uh We're not taking a lot of L's this year. Steph took an L to a dark skin. To, to to LeBron, but he's still riding the wave. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah. but I I do think it's because visually Jesse Williams is what what women desire. And but the fact is, even even beyond that, he did say and touch on a lot of hot button topics that I think people have been afraid to kind of speak on publicly or use that type of stage to really speak on you know certain political views, certain brand aspects. You know, even even views on women just in general. I mean, quiet as is not. I'm gonna stop saying that shit. Not quiet as is kept, but truthfully, you know, black women run the universe as far as I'm concerned. All forms of life come from them. Absolutely, they're major purchasers, major decision makers. You know, they they're running the boardroom, they're running college campuses, 
And that is the lifeblood of our society. Yeah, that's actually later on in the podcast. We'll, we'll bring that back up. Okay. Um, but absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, black women doing it. They doing it like that. That does it for me. Like, I don't so knock I, nobody else. What's but interesting. Um, so I knew Jesse Williams on this tip already. Right. Um, I've I, seen him on CNN over the past year. He's, and I. I there's a couple of YouTube, he was in Ferguson. Yes, absolutely. There's a couple of YouTube clips that I actually uh, saw a seven-minute clip of him speaking and, and breaking everything down. So he's been on this tip for a while. I'm not sure why this moment is what made everybody get hip to it, but I'm glad it happened um, because there are good conversations that happen. And I hate that as a cliche. And to a certain extent, I hate the conversations because I always say, well, it was a good conversation that happened. Because at some point, I'm tired of having the same conversation it's over. It's got to be action Because uh, I'm about, I would rather deal with actions versus another conversation, another discussion, which leads to more of the same. Uh, more nothing. And he kind of alluded to that, too, as in, like, we're going to force the agenda. It sounds good in theory, but, like, where, where does that next step come from? Who does it come from? You know what I'm saying? Who is going to force the agenda? Because Obama's on his way out. I mean, I don't, he, just because Obama was here, that don't mean... <laughs> no, I mean, I think Jesse Williams said a lot more in his speech in three minutes than Obama done said in eight years. Man, I ain't heard Obama stick up for us not one time. No. Nah. And that's just, I know he's not the president for black people specifically. Right. But 13% of your nation is black people. And you haven't spoke up for 13% of your nation as you spoke up for smaller percentages of the nation. but So, I mean, Jesse Williams said a lot. And like you said, it's, it's not going to come necessarily from the president. But what's the next step from here? Who who leads the next movement? This Is is it going to be Jesse Williams or is it going to be somebody else? Because I don't see it coming from, coming from him. I mean, it's good that he started the conversation. But like you said, we've had this conversation more than once. Like sixty years. Who who's gonna come up and put put something behind the movement? Uh to be perfectly honest, uh the people who watch the BET Awards all the way through, I'm about to generalize a bunch of people right now. So go ahead, because they they are cousins. Um That's your uncle? everybody who watched the BET Awards and everybody who not everybody, uh but a lot of people at the BET Awards do make the people that's gonna fix it. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, so everybody that was on stage who who are more concerned uh, with tucking their trench coat in so they can show off their Louis belt or they they Hermes belt or whatever it is, like that's not the type of person that's about to spark the change in the world. No, if we because... really don't change anything. Well, by the time you, to an extent, by the time you get to a certain age, it's a wrap. You got to get these kids while they're young and actually keep them before they learned. Before they learn all the negativeness, all mm-hmm. the negative stuff that's out there, you got to get them at a young age and before they get to their friends and getting out to the world. Uh, because once you, you're 25, 26, 27 years old, though... Your mind is damn near made up. I mean, you you, you may change certain things, but you are who you are as a person. Yeah, so Any- if, 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 if you grew up in a predominantly white household or a neighborhood community... You don't have any kind of contact with black people. Uh, the only contact that you actually have with black people and what you know about black people is what you see on television. Uh, Shit is fucking buffoonery is what you see on television. And, and things of that nature. By the time you're 27, 28, you damn near 30 years old, you probably got children. You've, you've been conditioned your whole life to view people in a certain way. It's almost impossible for you to change. Yeah, it's really hard for you because nothing is impossible. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. It's it's definitely hard once you hit so that late twenties, early thirties. We got to get them at a at a young age and make the change there. You know, I was fortunate enough that I was able to watch some of the BET Awards with my oldest son, who's thirteen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, sitting there and having that dialogue with him after. You know, the Jesse Williams speech, it was it was eye opening because he he's next up. What do you think about it? Sir, I think certain points of it flew over his head. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like at 13, his world is a lot. Certain things about his world are a lot smaller than mine were at 13. Like I didn't have we didn't have Instagram, Facebook, 
you know, my son can sit in his room all day and talk to girls. Like we had to get up, go to the mall. Like you actually had to get out there and we had to get out there and live. Mm -hmm. His world is a little bit more sheltered that he can still reach his friends. It's just on a different medium. Right. He can still receive information, but how we got information was from the news or in the fucking library or going through an encyclopedia. I ain't had Google. Or you know on, what I'm saying? I didn't have YouTube. Or the latest Snoop Dogg tape. No, yeah. <laughs> I ain't had Netflix. So, I mean, I think he understands what's going on in the country politically. He understands, you know, the plight that he's going to have to deal with becoming a black man. Because at 13, you know, he he damn near big as a grown man. Yeah, I'm 6'1". I'm, I'm My son got to be 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he, he ain't even went through that growth spurt yet. So when and he's seen me have interactions with the police, positive and negative mm -hmm. ones. So he understands, you know, how this shit can go and how the way of the world truly works. That you know that sh that shit that they teaching you in the classroom, they teaching you out of textbooks, ain't ain't the whole scope of the world. You know and what it, I'm saying? It's so it ain't even true most of the time. Nah, nah. So I mean, having that conversation and that dialogue and and seeing some of the lights click on was great. But then on the flip side of the thing, 10 minutes later, when Panda come on, you Panda, know, Panda, Panda, Jesse Williams Panda, is gone. Panda. You know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. Like, is, is, is designer retarded? Functionally, probably. And like, retarded is not like a popular word to say no more. Why not? Like, not why not? Cause, cause like, <laughs> what, because that was a clinical term that they actually made. Like, it was like, so of course. You call somebody kid retarded now, they ready to fight. So if I say you got a learning disability. I mean, it's the same shit. But like, and if I keep saying that in a negative connotation, then when I say learning disability, now that's going to be taken on. A, it's going to be a quote unquote bad word and you're going to switch it to something else. Like, I didn't, I don't understand. I'm ignorant to the fact, like the word midget is offensive now. But like, that was the word. Little people. But I thought midget was like the actual, like that was a clinical term as well. Like we didn't make it up. Like that was a clinical term. And now it's offensive. I don't know when that shit changed. I think when they took dodgeball out of school, they made these kids pussies. I, I don't know. You okay. can't call them retards no more. You can't can't something call them midgets. Something ain't right with them. With midgets or retards? Designer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't want no problem with with those two class. I'm talking about designer. Something ain't right. You heard that? That you said. Matter of fact, you sent me the little the little Timmy Turner shit. Yeah, he's he's not fun. Like, what's wrong with him? I'm thinking that maybe when he get like, if Kanye is working with him and they really crafting something on good music, who knows when we get. A full body of work. No, what it's really gonna sound? No, like. no, I can peep it. I, 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 I understand. So what's interesting to me, you know, uh, I follow Tax Stone. Yeah, and I fuck with Tax, and he he's on the waves before everybody else is on the waves. The right. Millie Rock, um, the Manolo Rose joint, this joint, and he riding for him. But this shit whack, dog. Not that song, but like that. This shit whack, and he can't rap. I feel like an old nigga when I listen to shit like Panda, cause like. It's just some shit I don't get. I don't like the beat. Gets I you Oscar for Grammy. Fuck does that mean? I, I mean, I got bras in Atlanta, credit cards, and some scammers. In like interview, that's, I, in every nigga say he ain't never been to Atlanta before in his life. Out of out of his own mouth. So niggas to tell me. But you know, but like like this but is, rap is smoking mirrors. This is like, we internet. know that. This is the internet. So on Twitter, designers hot, but Joe Button can't rap. Joe Button can rap his ass off. Like you, you let it go tell me that the designer uh freshman cover freestyle was hot, but Joe Button can't rap. Like out of the take the emotion out of it. Yeah. Uh and the reason we bring up that's a great example because Joe Button just dropped a fire diss track. Uh again. What you gonna do, Drake? No did you see Drake's mentions? Yeah, had all the little had all the little mouse emojis. Yeah, because for I don't know, Joe Budden's nickname is Mouse. Uh, referred to him as Mouse Button, but that's his nickname. So after he dropped the disc, uh, all Drake pictures had a bunch of mouse emojis and hamburger emojis because he said since you served the five guys, yeah. He so like I wasn't expecting that. Like I, I really wasn't expecting. I'm thinking like okay, it'll be some Joe Budden. I'm a Joe Budden fan. So am I. I've so been a Joe Budden fans. I don't know, 10, 12 years. I, I bought know. the first album. Long, I bought long the first. He was part of rappers I believed in. Yeah. I bought the first album because I thought Joe was that that next guy. 
to be to be perfectly honest, people like to say Joe Budden's not irrelevant. I mean, Joe Budden's irrelevant, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not the case. No. I don't believe that's the case. Do you know why Love and Hip Hop exists? Joe Budden was on that first season. It existed because he set up the formula when Thank him and Tahiri Joe had Budden Joe Budden TV. TV. Joe Budden TV. The same Joe Budden TV that Drake was on. And Drake said that Joe Budden was one of the greats and he was blessed to be in his presence. The same Joe Budden TV that he was on and that same audio came back to haunt Aubrey Graham. You know how quickly niggas forget. You know what I'm saying? How quickly niggas forget what humble tastes like. But to, to give y'all the disclaimer, myself and Dame are not casual rap fans. Nah, I, list, I consume a lot of rap music. Well, a lot of rap music. We consume a lot of rap music for people that you probably will say... This person ain't dropped the album in years. He dropped one two weeks ago. I listened to it. Like yeah. I listen to everything. I know everything. I dissect the bars. I listen to everything. And I'm excited about this. People, well, why would Joe Button? Why would he why is he dissing him out of nowhere? This is Go not, through the history of it though. All right, so check it. Joe Button and Drake have been friends for a long time. This that, at least it, on the surface. Cause what? cause rap is really like WWE. You know what I'm so saying? So before Drake was Drake. They were hanging out together. That was 2008, yeah. 2009. That was... Just, 2009, because So Far Gone had just yeah. kind of dropped. And that shit was starting to bubble up. Yeah, so, you know, they used to hang out, you know, exchange numbers, blah, 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 uh, share women. Uh, Did they have a bromance? Definitely a bromance. Okay. Uh, go to the, Go That's to the, uh, they had, you know, spade tournaments, car parties, Joe be throwing the parties and the pool party. Like, so they have been, uh, when I say friends... Not like that's the guy that grew up with my whole life, uh, but they had a relationship. You Friendly know, rapport. Yeah. Text back and forth here and there, according to different things. Uh, supposed to do some music together. The whole nine yards. And nothing's ever happened. They've never done a song together. No. not Never done a song together. Um, Maybe so, Drake knew from the onset that that wasn't a problem that he wanted. Possibly, because no matter what nobody can say, you can't say Joe Button can't rap. Yeah. Period. So, uh, they've been friends or whatever, and uh, Joe has a podcast. The people who refer to him as irrelevant. It's a top ten podcast, one I will hope to to be mentioned around the yeah. same parts as. So, and so, Meek, Meek referred to Joe Button as irrelevant. Yeah. Who's taken a good number of L's in the last six months to a year. Yeah. So, on Joe's podcast, when Views came out, uh, they talked about views on the podcast, and Joe said that that particular album sounded uninspired. Said it was an uninspired effort. Yeah, but that's not, not saying it was. It wasn't whack. He liked some of the songs, things like that. But he's used to Drake coming out and creating a new sound every time he comes out, changing the game, doing all this extra stuff. He said this album sounded uninspired to me to him. And, and I was looking just, for I was looking for views to be bigger than what it was. I now, thought it was going to be dope because I'm he, not calling it whack. I'm not calling it whack, but my ex, it it fell below expectations. So he dropped the, uh, what was that last joint? The him he didn't really write. Uh, the Quentin Miller album. Uh, I can't think. If of, you're reading this, is too late. Yeah, that. So yeah, that was mostly rap. Like that was a lot. It was a lot of rap on that album, right? Yeah. So then he transitioned from that to the Meek Mill diss, and the Meek Mill beef when he was dropping rap songs. So I thought this views, he was stomping Meat Mill face fucking in. Definitely. So when that when I heard views because views have been rumored for like a year. First that it might be, have been a double album. Yeah, it was gonna, first it was gonna be six guys, then it was gonna be views from the six, and yeah. then it ended up being views. When that album dropped, I was expecting rap. I was expecting to be because uh, Drake is a cool rapper if he's the one writing his rhymes. Yeah. Uh, he's a I like him when he raps, and this was it. It, it was a Jodeci album. Now. For my taste, not a big fan. It's been number one for eight weeks. Literally. And I was flabbergasted when I found this out. He got like a billion streams. Like, true to life, a billion streams. So clearly people like this album. Women like this album. Yeah, because if you if you in the car with your lady and you put on views, you can, you can satisfy her taste. Absolutely. If I get in the car with the lady... Uh, she don't want to hear all the shit that I listen to. Nigga, thought, nigga, 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 yeah, nigga, so nigga. So I thought shit like that. But he said it was uninspired. So when Drake dropped 4 p.m. in Calabasas, it had some subliminal shots to Joe on there. 
And a Diddy. And a Diddy. For, 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 for whatever reason, I'm not sure why. but The most Teflon nigga in hip-hop history. Yeah. But it has some some shots. And then most people was like, Joe made, so on this Joe's next podcast, after it came out. He, he said wrote, he inspired it. He inspired He for, inspired 4 p.m. in California, which he did. Yeah. Based off, because everybody listens to this damn podcast. If you don't listen to it, you listen to it because the blogs pick it up. Blah, blah, blah. So... He went through and he broke down the lyrics on his podcast and explained what lyrics was to him and everything. I mean, it should make perfect sense. Uh, and as a lyricist, you know, he has a different aspect on, yeah. on lyrics. You know, he's really Jealous listening to the music. Still envy. Like that was a that was a bar in um, in four p.m. in Calabas. So if you if you're familiar with Jealous One Still Envy, J O E S. J-O-S-E. Yeah, J-O-S-E. Because that, well, was, no. that was one of Fat Joe's old Yeah. Albums. So, like, so even... Jealous Jell- One's Envy yeah. was the first one, and then Jealous One Still Envy yeah, so was I, another Fat Joe And album. how he flipped it, he said Jealous One Envy Still or something like that, which is Joe. You know what I'm yeah. saying? How, like, it was clever. Like, Drake... It was, was cleverly clever. put, yeah. This is what Drake does. For the mainstream, for the casual fan... You never pick up on any of these bars. You didn't pick up on the bars when Drake was dissing Common. Yeah. Until Common jumped out the window on two tracks and called him out. I think on said, Stay Scheming, and he, though, and he he made it a little bit more well, direct. Stay Scheming was the one. Um, it's bothering me when the guys get to acting like the like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what actually prompted two of Common joints. And Common was like, make no mistake, I'm talking to Drake. Like, that was an exact quote. You know what I'm saying? So... He throws the subliminals all the time. Jay-Z is good for that. He's been yeah. throwing subliminals at Jay-Z for years. Jay-Z just threw a bunch of subliminals right back at him. Yeah. Uh, I brag keys, different. Keys, my keys, swag keys. different. It, my wife, Beyonce. Like, yeah. come on. He's like, you like me? You know what I'm saying? Like, because he said he turned into Jay. He wants to be. Anyway. So, what, what Drake does, he threw a lot of subliminals. And if you listen as a casual fan or some girl just listening in the car, you never hear it. So when the rapper responds, it's like, why he dissing Drake? Well, he Because Drake baited him. I mean, you can not you can only poke a lion more, so much before he bites back. But more importantly than all this, which most people don't know because they took it down. So right after the podcast and all this shit happened in 4 p.m. in Calabasas, there was a clip that was uploaded online. Uh, French Montana uploaded this with him in the studio with Drake and then they played a little audio and Drake, the priest of Drake verse and it said, pump, pump it up. Now, why the fuck would Drake be talking about pump, pump it up? Now, we all know that was Joe Budden's hit song. Yeah, so you upload you upload a, a, a snippet of of yourself saying pump, pump it up while you in the studio. Y'all talking about this track about to drop next, blah, blah, blah. It sounded like you gearing up for a diss record. So I jumped in the studio and cooked up a diss record. People were looking at Joe like he just made all this shit up and he's jumping out the window. Clearly, it was a record coming. And via Joe's podcast, he actually heard it. And he even, he even, he even recited A preemptive strike. Yeah. And you gave a good analogy earlier. You rather be, If you bump into a nigga in the club and you exchange words, you'd rather be the nigga that leaves the club and is waiting outside... For Absolutely. the nigga that you bumped into to come outside instead of coming yeah. outside and that nigga sitting Already there with, with his homeboys. No, I don't yeah. want to. I'd rather get to the trunk first. Absolutely. And you have to deal with me than the other way around. Absolutely. And, I, and that's Joe's attitude with this shit. He, he went out first, made the first strike, and now is waiting on Drake to respond. And the thing about Drake is that when real lyricists, when niggas with bars call him out, Aubrey get kind of quiet because he don't want them problems. Pusha T been calling him out for a long time. Yeah. And and he openly paid homage to Pusha T. Said he was one of his favorite rappers. Kendrick called him out. Kendrick calls everybody out and all them young niggas act like they don't hear him. He called niggas out by name individually on control and no one responded on wax. Nobody. Except, Nobody. You know who responded on, on Big Sean's song with two niggas he called out, Jay Electronica and Big Sean. You Shawn. know who responded back? Did you know that Meek responded back to that shit? Why? His name wasn't mentioned. Meek dropped the Kendrick disc. It was so whack uh, that no one paid attention. But like Meek literally dropped the Kendrick disc. It was so whack no one paid attention to Just it. Just stay in your lane, Meek. Yeah. I mean, keep rubbing on that fake fat ass that you got in the house. And it, 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 it that shit looks like 
It, it looks like a sweet potato. Nicki Minaj's ass looks like a bag of dirty ass clothes. I just want. It, I seen the picture last week, and uh, we know what that like, side view picture. Uh, it was bad. Now I've seen some great pictures of it. Yeah, but that picture, it looked completely fake. But Joe I mean, Budden, in the dark though, it probably you know it probably get the job uh, done. I mean, yeah. a, a fake ass don't make you bust a real nut. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe Buzz has some bars for him. He said, I'll kill a gram without weighing a thing. Aubrey Graham. Yeah. Graham. Like, he has some bars for him. Um, but, Joe, it's, this is really going to be majors versus independent. But can Big you really business. consider Joe an independent artist? Because he is still signed to, signed to, to Interscope. No, no. Slaughterhouse. He's not signing nobody no more. Slaughterhouse is on Shady, which is under I'm, the Interscope I'm umbrella. Not, I'm not 100% sure Slaughterhouse is still signed. We'd have to... T- we we so got to look that one Joe up. Joe yesterday on this podcast, he said he, he is signed to no label at all. He is currently only signed to himself. And he said that's the reason he was able to drop the disc because he didn't have to worry about no kind of relationships. He didn't have to ask nobody. Uh, because he is signed to nobody except himself. Move music, move music is who he signed to. He said, "I have no contractual obligation with anybody." So maybe they just signed like a one-off deal with Shady. You know what I'm saying? One album. We'll we'll revisit it when it's time for you but all to do the next I, one. The reason I I say is going to ultimately end up being big business versus small business, a little business versus corporation, is because Drake is Apple. You know what I mean? Interscope. More importantly, he's Apple because Apple has bought damn near. Bought, Apple was about to be a record label. Did you know that? It makes sense. It's about to be in in real life. It's about to be Apple Records, which is why Drake is dropping all these albums soon, so he can get out of this horrible cash money deal and sign an Apple Records. Nobody leaves cash money. Nobody leaves cash money. I don't know. These niggas never get out of the baby's paperwork game. Is on par with Puff. He's been he's been signed to Cash Money for almost ten years. It doesn't matter. Nobody leaves a, Cash after, Money after the album. After the albums are done, it's done. He better check the fine print because baby, I'm sure got something. It's about to be in Apple there. Music. I mean, Apple. It's about to be Apple Records. I mean, but it makes sense because if you are an artist, what is the split with Apple? Is it in something like seventy thirty? Yeah. So I mean, you drop a single that's essentially a dollar. You getting seventy cents off of every purchase. I mean, and Apple was doing pretty much all the heavy lifting with the shit. As long as you're able to put out a viable product you, that's good you, quality, you can make you some coins. I tell you like this: Chance the Rapper, who refuses from, to sign a record deal, he damn near signed Apple. Apple does all his promotion for him. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, Managed uh, by Rock Nation. Do Apple and Rock Nation have a nice relationship? Yeah. Because it's rumored that uh, Apple was in talks to buy a title. They might as well. We talked about this off air, which is a good thing for me because it's bad for the consumer. If you have title, Apple Music, Spotify, and whatever other streaming services. Because everybody keeps trying to do these exclusive deals, right? Right. So, so what happens when Apple says, okay, Beyonce... You want to do an exclusive deal with um, with Tidal? No Apple for you. You can't sell your music on Apple. So what the artist going to do? The artist going to say, well, fuck it. I'm going with Apple because that's where all the people at. They have 30 million. It depends on how, it depends on what type of artist that you are. Like Beyonce is at a stage. In her, there are certain artists like Kanye, Jay, Listen. Beyonce, where they are, are at a stage where, like when Kanye dropped the, uh, the Yeezus album, no cover. No promotion, one video, and just kind of threw it out there. He doesn't need to have that same marketing and machine behind him because he's already set that foundation. He's done the work. You need it when you're dealing with Tidal because Tidal don't sell music. They only do streaming. So Tidal, as of right now, has 4.2 million subscribers. So if you don't subscribe to Tidal, you don't have a life of Pablo. Correct. Apple Music, which has been out less than a year, has 30 million subscribers. So if I'm getting paid off for streaming because you don't sell albums, yeah, uh, and you exclusive to the title, would I rather have 30 million people possibly streaming my album or 4 million people possibly streaming my album I if mean, I'm getting paid per stream? Math is math. You know what I'm saying? Like 30 million 
opens you up to more options. But I mean, when you are, it doesn't matter how big you are as an artist. I mean, shit, the, the dollars add up at the end of the day the same way. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have title. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't have Apple Music. The only way I heard Kanye album was because the nigga came into the barbershop, $5 for a CD, <laughs> and I just said, you know, I support the hustle. What's a CD? I it, haven't seen one in years. And that's probably, like, I haven't purchased one in years, but it's just the fact that I knew I wasn't going to subscribe to Tidal. I knew I wasn't going... I thought... I honestly thought that Kanye was smart enough that it would go to Tidal maybe for a month or so, and then I'd wake up one day and it would be on iTunes. It went and to it, Apple Music. But not iTunes. Because the, the album itself is not being sold. It's only being streamed. Yeah, because it's ever-evolving. Kanye yeah. is going back and tweaking. He, just added, and, he literally did just add an extra track to it. Like that's, that's, that's beautiful. Just let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Like how? I think if you continue to tweak with the body of work, it takes something away from it. So, because if you found that many mistakes or that many things that you need to change in your work... How great was it when you initially put it out? How confident hmm. were you in it at that point? That's a good point. So, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about on the streaming, right? So, a lot of artists, or some artists, uh, don't like the streaming. They want to give, they want people to keep buying music, but it's it's just wasteful. For me, I'm not buying your album for $10. Um, but I will pay $10 a month for Apple streaming, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I, this is the way I think. If you make good music, if you make music that people want to listen to for a long time, I think streaming is better for you. Now, I understand you don't get paid. So, like, for every, say, thousand streams, you may get 15 cents or something like that. I forget how it broke down, but for rough numbers, it's, it's, it's every nominal. Thousand, it's, every it's... thousand streams, you get 15 cents. So, how many times do you think, streaming wise, that Panda has been played more than it ever should be. You know what I'm saying? So let's just say a mi- like if streaming is out the streaming is out the question. You got to pay 99 cent for Panda. Let's say Panda goes platinum. That's a million. That's a million people who play paid 99 cent. If I stream this song over and over, it's, it's been streaming for about a good four months now, right? Yeah. Over and over and over again. This one person may listen to this song 50 times a day. Every time I'm streaming, every thousand streams I'm getting 15 cents, I can make. So for just for me, if this one person, depending on how many times you listen to it, I can make more than 99 cents from you personally if you listen to this song enough times. Yeah. If I sold this to you, 99 cents. That's boom, it. That's, that's the it. end of our transaction. How many times? What's one of your favorite albums? One of my, The Blueprint. The blue. How many times have you listened to the Blueprint? Man, start to finish, thousands. How long was the Blueprint out? Came out September 11th, the day the towers went down. So, so 2000 and what one? Yeah. So it's been 15 years since that. So if you you paid ten dollars for it or roughly or whatever, yeah. He only got ten dollars from you. If you've been streaming an album for 15 years. No, you make it more than fifteen dollars, even at the fifteen cent per thousand streams, because enough people in the world who are going to listen to this shit. But eventually, though, I think that the streams will, the streams die down. You know what I'm saying? Like the the waters start to still. You know what if I'm saying? If you don't ever listen to the shit no more, but every time I want to listen to it, say you, like every time I want to listen to it, it's a stream. Matter of fact, what if I just got it playing and I leave the house? It's just all, like, you know what I mean? I got it on repeat. Yeah. Like, it literally, it don't stop. That's only if you make music that people want to listen to over and over again. Now, if you're a one-hit wonder, that shit gonna drop, and you was probably better fooling people thinking that you was a good artist, and everybody bought your album, and that shit end up sucking, then that streaming shit not gonna work for you. I don't think designer is gonna fail, though. I'm not a fan of his music, but Man, I don't think he's going to fail. You you think people going to listen to that shit over and over again? Maybe not Panda. Maybe not Panda. I he mean, Panda a, will eventually die. You know, he just did the a, Panda will die. a full song for Timmy Timmy Turner. He well, that wasn't a freestyle. Like, that was a verse that he had written, and he was oh, just spitting is, it for the double XL freshman bad, shit. Dog. Yeah. But I think that Kanye is going to take the time to craft an incredible album with designer. I'm going to share a story with you that that may 
make me seem like an old nigga, but I don't get no fuck. So the first time I heard Panda, I you couldn't have told me that this was not Future. You couldn't have told me that this wasn't Future's new song. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, this nigga Future got a banger on his hands. <laughs> that this shit is going to bang for the summer. Because I am a Future fan. If he put it out there, I want to hear it. Did you hear uh, this song on Kanye's album first? Nah, I just heard... Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I just happened to be in a barbershop and I heard the shit. I thought he was act, actually talking like about... Panda the bear, like the shit you see at the zoo. <laughs> like it took a young nigga kind of putting it in my ear that he was talking about, yeah, that he was talking about the the BMW. So I felt like an old nigga. But Panda gave me the same feeling. I remember the first time I heard that Flow Rider, apple bottom jeans and boots yeah. with the fur. I'm thinking to myself, this nigga Nelly about to smack him over the heads wow. with this shit. Wow. But it wasn't fucking Nelly. Like right, I felt right. bamboozled. When I was like, what the fuck is a designer and why does this nigga spell this shit with two eyes? It's stupid. The reason I thought it was Future is because the first time I heard the song was on Kanye album. Um, and Future's all over Kanye album. What is that? Because this, this is what the third song on the album. Um, the second song and the third song on the album, they merge together. Yeah. And Future, uh, the, 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 if your Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you, comes on the first song. Um, and these two songs blend together. So you already heard Future's voice. Yeah. And then when you hear this song uh, of this, I got brawls in Atlanta, you just assume that it was Future, still future in that yeah. flow. Because I, I just heard Future's voice, then I heard all this, and I literally did not know it wasn't Future. But if I didn't, if I wasn't fooled into thinking it was Future, but with Future's actual voice, I'm not 100% sure that this really sounds like Future. I mean, now that it is, we've streamed it and listened to this shit probably a thousand times, you can clearly you know tell why, the difference. You know why people reference the future? Because this nigga mumbling, you really can't understand what he's saying. And future, the other nigga that be mumbling, you really can't understand what he's saying. I saw Future in, con in, in concert when he came, what was that, April or May? I don't even, I don't even know what the fuck went on for that two hours. Mm. I knew the songs because of the beat and because niggas rapping along. But did I get an experience that, like, I've been to concerts before and it's been an experience. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I just saw a nigga on stage with some shit behind him, mumble, jump up and down and dance for two fucking hours. And I felt a little disappointed because rap concerts ain't what they, I mean. You I, seen the fab pick? Looking at uh, <laughs> Fab was scared. <laughs> Fab was scared. He had to get on Twitter and explain, like, because <laughs> it looked like Designer was going was going through something. He was having a seat. He was having a little Wayne, having a seizure right. out there in, on on the black on the colorful picnic and barbecue. Now check this out. All week I've been telling, I've been talking to different people about this podcast this week, and I've been telling people that they need to listen in, listen in because. I was going to offend some people. Let's do it. So I'm all about hurting feelings, bro. And um, this will get you prepared to be a parent because as a parent, you have to offend your children and hurt their feelings. And uh, I, I was just reading a couple of things, a couple of articles, and it, and, it, and it came to me like, I know what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Okay. Um, this is new news to me because we definitely didn't discuss this before. Yeah, so like, I know what we're going to talk. I, I know what I wanted to talk about on this podcast. Uh, and it was this one article, and it got me thinking. And I came to the to the conclusion that new age feminism has backfired on women, man. Say it again. This Say new, it again. New age feminism has backfired on women. How so? And when I say new age feminism, because what's going on online, Instagram and Twitter, this shit ain't really feminist. Nah, like, that's just a bitch with an opinion. Yeah, so... So I was reading this article. And just because you have 10,000 so-called followers does not give you a platform. You are still not shit, ma'am. So it was a, a poll that was done online. I'm going to show you why new feminism harms women. Okay. So there was a new poll and it showed that 61% of men think women should be drafted into the military. 27% of men does, do not think they should be drafted in the military. They poll women, and only 40% of women think they should be drafted into the military. Now, feminists have been screaming for equality for 
a long time, right? Yeah, until it's and time it, to die. And it appears that men have more faith in women <laughs> than the women have faith in themselves. So dude. you can't you can't be a, a picky feminist. You know what I'm saying? Either you either you ride or die for the cause, or you don't. So it's cool being a feminist when it comes to equal wages, wanting to be that's treated exactly equal. What we gonna get into? <laughs> but when it's time to die, because if you get drafted, it's war. You going on the front line? It's wartime, and somebody about to die. So guess what? The Senate has just extended the draft to include women. What ages? What what ages does a draft cover now? I just want to make sure I'm too old to get drafted. So under the Senate bill passed on Tuesday, women turning 18 on or after January 1st, 2018 will be forced to register for selective service as the men must do now. Damn. Failure to register could result in loss of various forms of federal aid and all of the good stuff. Uh, so if you don't register for the draft as a woman... Uh, you're probably going to go to jail or some shit like that. Call your draft doctor, how they do, try to do Muhammad Ali. Also, they end up having to lower their standards uh, because there are standards for you to, to make it into the Army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from carrying different things, running. I tried to like make that. it into the Army coming out of high school. They wouldn't take me because I had flat-ass <laughs> feet. Straight up. Well, they have lowered the standards to let allow uh, women in. Also, they have... This is not just you going in there and you're going to do something in the military. You're actually available for combat as well. Yeah. Uh, so what they thought was, well, we've lifted all the restrictions from all these different other ones because equal, equal, blah, blah, blah. Or not equal. Same, we're the same. We're the same. We're the same. So, okay. Now that you, now you got... Now that we've heard you, we're going to treat you the same. Yeah. And... I just don't understand. I don't understand the logic. So, why does feminism only run one way? Like, in laws that are favoring women, such as maternity, child care, but not the draft. Because clearly women don't think, they don't want to go to the draft. Uh, but now... Shit, I don't want to go to the draft. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to fight. Them Viet Congs ain't never did shit today. You know, them, them niggas fighting over in the sand ain't never did shit to me. So it seems like men used to understand that one of the main characteristics of masculinity, masculinity used to be the protection and the defense of women, uh, building a family, um, protecting your family, providing for your family. But new age feminists have been screaming that we don't need protection. We can do it on our own. We don't need protection. Uh, but when you look around the world, statistics show uh, that women who don't have protection are harmed by men who don't value uh, the protecting women. Like it's horrible. Men do horrible things to women across the country. Hell, fuck across yeah. the world, not even the country, across the world. Yeah, because across the world, women are viewed as equally, and the sh the lines ain't ain't even on any end of that shit. Life is not good for women across the world. Hell no, because men women are looked at as like chattel. You are property, and men victimize women. And they victimize women because most times they're physically stronger than them. Yeah. Um, which and, and in other countries, the laws favor men. Let me tell you something. A nigga tell, you meet a nigga that's going to tell you he's going to fly you out to Dubai and you get there, he's going to flip the script on your ass. Because over in Dubai, they can beat the shit out of you and you can't do nothing about it. Women are not valued. He's going to fly you out to Dubai, stomp, your, stomp a mud hole in your shit and fuck you in the ass. So we got competing arguments right now because on one side, uh, you have people saying uh, women are everything a man can do, a woman can do, such and such. And then on the other side of the argument, you got people erasing gender altogether. Yeah. There is no man. There is no woman. So it's I can like, use whatever bathroom I identify with. So people used to, men used to take pride in building a home, taking care of their wife and the kids. Um, now... All that makes you a man because what is considered manhood, they can do on their own. The only thing that makes you a man right now is having a dick. And technically, because of the transgender movement, that doesn't even yeah. make you a man. Because <laughs> Bruce Jenner still got a dick. Yeah. Uh, so, it's just interesting to me. And I think it's, it's, it's hurt us because 
if you keep screaming that I don't need a man, I don't need this person to do this, I don't need that, when the man does not stick around and he's gone, it's a detriment to the family. Yeah. It's a detriment. And that's not even black family, white family. It's that's just family, family, the family structure, yeah. period. I can just speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? I grew up with both my parents in the household. You know, my parents were together until my mother passed about four years ago. And I saw the difference in how I grew up as opposed to my friends that didn't have a father in the household. I don't give a fuck what you say. Like having a grown ass man in the house makes a fucking difference. I got numbers to back it up. Yeah. So check this out. And before I say this, now, I don't say this to mean that I think men are superior to women. I just don't think that we are. We just said black women run, run the fucking. Absolutely. So this is what I think. Uh, As a man, there are things that you are better at because you are a man. And as a woman, there are things that you are better at because you're a woman. One is not superior to the other. Uh, They are both important. They are both equal, but they are not the same. Yeah, and and those differences are what make it, you know, what make us who we are. And when that man and that woman come together, they fill the gaps that the other one is missing, and then you have a perfect whole family. Um, So, no, I don't believe, I I do believe in gender roles. I do believe a man is supposed to do certain things, a woman is supposed to do certain things. That don't make what the man does more important or the woman does less important or vice versa. There is just a difference. So, the biggest gap in this country for rich and poor is two-parent households. Did you know that black poverty, uh, speaking for black poverty, two-parent households in a black, poverty for two-parent households in a black community is only 7%. That's, that's, that speaks volumes, bro. And we know uh, the Detroit poverty rate and black people poverty rate. Did you know poverty for white single parent households is 22%. Like it is literally directly linked to if you have a two parent home, whether you in poverty. So there's statistics that say uh, for to avoid being permanently poor in the US, you literally only have to do three things, which is graduate from high school, get a job and hold it, and don't have a baby before marriage. If you do those three things, you can avoid poverty and intergenerational poverty. But right now, 70% of black of black families um, are single parent households. And for white families, it's 40%. In the 60s before welfare, uh, they both were, I think black was like 13% and white was at 5%. Welfare, so they both the welfare system destroyed the family structure though. I think the new age, so in the 60s... No, uh, but you, you, just to break it down a little bit further, you couldn't get welfare if you had a man living in the home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had to, there had to be an absence of a man, mm. which essentially helped push the man out of the home. If if you cannot yeah. be there for us to get food benefits, for us to get health benefits, for us to get benefits to have sustainable living, if the man has to leave the home... It it creates an imbalance in the family structure. And this was around the sixties when the, the burn your bras, the hippie movement, and all fem blah blah blah. Now you push people away. So if you really don't want to live in poverty, when you have a child, get married. Get married or be married first and have a child because a two income family is going to be better than a one income family Hell every it. single time. Yeah, and that's how you defeat poverty. And so. Oftentimes we link directly to poverty because because we're black. Well, we're black. We ain't got no money because of such and such and such and such. Well, actually, the white man didn't force you to have this child and then leave the mom. Right. Like no, that was nobody. You have a one hundred percent control of that. Racism exists in this world. Absolutely, it's, it's never going. to Racism is never going. The one thing that they that don't control is if you have a child and you do not stay with that mother. That was a decision between both of y'all. And that actually hurts. Look at the numbers. Only 7% of black families, two-parent families are in poverty. Those are one-offs. But I mean, and and even it's what we promote. Like, literally, you know, I got friends of mine that that get married. I can count on one hand the friends of mine that have been married 
that didn't have children before entering into marriage. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we stick together because of the kids. When quiet as it's kept, yo, every situation I've ever been in where there have been if children involved, a lot of times it just puts a strain on a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Especially if children, you know, are there before the marriage. Now, mm -hmm. I had children before my marriage and I had, you know, children while I was married. Now, our family structure was, you know, stable because me and my ex-wife at the time both had decent paying jobs. We were both gainfully employed, putting our money together in the same house so I could understand, you know, we didn't have to worry about that poverty, mm -hmm. you know, aspect of things because even... You know, when my wife, when my ex-wife wanted to stay at home, when she wanted to be there with the kids, because we had that dual income, there was more money to save. Mm -hmm. So when she wanted to make those choices, instead of going back in eight weeks, baby, I want to stay out 16 weeks and be with the kids. Well, we could do it and not fall off because we we had that structure. Now, not to say that I struggle now, but shit, I love to have somebody to help out with just a couple of the bills. Yeah. I mean, she... You know, my woman ain't got to carry the burden. You know, I can I pay all my bills by myself because, you know, thankfully enough, I'm gainfully employed. I got a good job that where I can sustain the life that I want to live. But shit, if I could if I could move a woman in here, she just paid a cable and DTE and uh, throw a little throw a couple dollars on the groceries. I'd be straight. A two a two a two income family uh, is always going to be better than a single income family. And to your point, when we talk about feminism and things of that nature, where it's like, well, you're going to be equal or you're not going to be equal. Because if you want to be equal, then we can split everything straight down the middle 50 50. Oh, no. If they ain't we, trying to hear that shit. If you're equal. You know what they I mean? They ain't trying to hear that shit. Because it can't be equal when it benefits you. And then, well, I'm a lady. You should do this because I'm a lady when it don't benefit you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which one is it? And I'm perfectly. But that's essentially the new feminism. Exactly. Well,. You know what's so crazy? So it's an Instagram picture that, that floats around all the time. It shows a man and a woman walking. Don't know who the man and the woman are. And it says, what's wrong with this picture? And he's on the inside of the yeah. street and she's on the outside. You know how? So I understand that. I, I literally, you understand that. But you know how crazy that is? I should die if the car jumped the curb. Strictly because you're a woman, I should die. Isn't that the opposite of feminism? Bitch, I'll push you right into that motherfucking car to save my life. <laughs> but literally, isn't that the opposite of feminism? Hell yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't understand it. And what actually had me thinking about all this stuff this week is, um, there's a 50-year-old a person who was born a man who decides he wants to be a, a, a female now, playing junior college. He's playing basketball at junior college on an all-girls team. Probably whooping ass. Uh, and some of the girls was upset. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, it's not fair. I know you want to identify as a woman, but this not fair because you really a man. Now you have an unfair advantage. There was also a first transgender um, child that was born as a male who now identifies as a woman who start winning these track meets against girls. Because he's a, a quote unquote a girl now, and like it's not fair. So I'm and looking physically, at these, he's a, a bigger, man. stronger, faster athlete. Like dog, all every chromosome in your body is different from like X Y is the male chromosome order, X X is the female chromosome order. Uh, the reason women crazy is because they got X X and we X Y. Y'all missing the chromosome. Yeah, well, we got you know missing the right. <laughs> you missing the right chromosome. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but, like, so the whole thing is, like, well, this is not fair, blah, blah, blah. So, like, and I've seen arguments on both sides. So, I'm thinking, like, the reason it's not fair is because you know, like, I know that a man, nine and a half times out of ten, is stronger than a female. Yeah. Like, that is the whole purpose. If LeBron James was in the WNBA, we can't, he'd, we he'd can't, score a thousand points a game. We can't be equal... If nine and a half times out of ten, you know I'm stronger than you. That's the whole point where you are taught never to hit a woman is because it is a given that you are stronger than that woman. You don't hit women because you are stronger. It is wrong. It is immoral because you are stronger than but that woman. You go on the draft, you're on the front line in combat, a nigga gonna knock you the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But like this, just the idea that no, 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 we're equal, blah, blah, blah. No, that we're not. 
And it's not saying I'm not better than you because of that, because there are ways that the woman is stronger than me. Yeah. It may not be physical. It could be mental. It emotional. might be physical, though. It could be. I don't, I, I've seen my I never kid, birthed the baby. I've seen my kids <laughs> be born and that shit I, like it hurts. I, I, I've never birthed the baby. You know what I'm saying? But like, so, uh, like we, there is like, so let's just stop playing these games and just recognize what we need to recognize. No, we are not the same. Uh, we are, we are not the same. We are equal in stature, but that don't mean physically we are the same. One is not better. One is not worse. But we definitely are different. And don't try to make everything seem like it's the same when it's not the same. And this mode of thinking is hurting people. Because if you keep telling men that I can do it by myself, I can do it by myself, I'm better than this, I'm better than that. When they don't stick around and they're out of the picture and then now we have to deal with poverty... Because there's a one-parent household, and then the statistics that if you if a person a male grows up without a father in his home, he's twenty times more likely to go to prison. Like there is a problem, and it's not. It was a problem that was designed to work this way. Yeah, it was designed to work this way, and it's working. And we're falling into it. So this new age feminist shit, where is I can say everything like that that it benefits me. And I'm better. I'm better. It's it's real. It's actually ego. I'm not. I don't want to be better than a woman. I need that woman to come together in my life to make me whole. To, to make me, me better. Shit. Because I got shit that I'm not good at. You got shit that that you're great at. We mix those together. Now we are, we we we, we the two become one. We're a whole. But you can't keep saying I don't need this. I don't need this. We weren't built that way. We weren't built. We were literally. My body was designed to physically fit inside of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're supposed to be together. It's not supposed to be you by yourself. It's not supposed to be me by myself. It's supposed to be us together. And I think that this new age feminist shit, it backfired on them because now you got to fight. Now you got to pay for your own $200 date. Uh, <laughs> Yo, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. That's a whole nother, because that $200 date better include a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's interesting, but like, so now you gotta do all that. So pay half the bills, do all the shit. You wanna be equal? Hey, that's how that's how it's gonna be. But you should just see you in the trenches, bitch, and you better be able to throw them hands. <laughs> Cause said, Dame going wild and knocked a, a couple motherfuckers out, oh, and I ain't even afraid to say I ain't no woman beater, but I done punched a couple bitches in my life. Explain, though. you got that's that's a, that's a wild statement. You got to explain. Okay. I don't know if you need it. I don't know if you want to explain. I mean, we probably in the podcast on this a few yeah. years ago. I was I was in the casino. I won't say which one because I can't. I can't even go into it anymore because I got a. There's jails inside of the casino. I didn't know that until I got arrested <laughs> inside of the casino. So I'm in the casino and I bump into someone that I think is another gentleman. Uh, not not even on no offensive shit. You know, it, it was just jam packed. We kind of bumped shoulders, and my man had a drink, so it kind of spilled over. Me knowing that I was wrong, turn around, and apologize. My bad, bro. I ain't even mean. I ain't even mean that shit. No harm. What was you drinking on? I go grab you another one. The what I think is a gentleman turns around like, who the fuck you talking to, bro? And then it kind of dawns on me. Oh, this is a lady. <laughs> it was a stud. You know what I'm saying? Polo yeah. down to the socks. Man, fresh. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a crew of little stud bitches with them. So now I kind of like, look, my bad. Sis, I didn't mean to bump into you. That was my fault. You know, I had a little henny in my system. I, you know, I wasn't functioning on all gears. So I still get you another drink because it's still my fault. Damn right it's your fault, nigga. Now, now, my, now my the sober is starting to come up. The, right, right. I'm, I'm getting less drunk and more coherent. That this sounds like a motherfucker that wants to fight me. I'm still trying to defuse the situation because now we're in the middle of the casino. It's a scene. You know, now motherfuckers is looking. I'm just like, all right, you know, I'm not trying to fight. I'll get you another drink. But they start to approach me in a manner that I feel is aggressive. Okay. And just how we talked about, I'd rather be the nigga on the outside of the club than the inside of the club. There's about four or five of them. It's just me and my date. She not built for war. And I... 
you know, I've been in enough fights to to understand the precursors before fights are coming on. When a nigga comes at you, hands ball, talking aggressive and walking aggressive, this is a, this looks so like the, a motherfucker that wants to fight me. The women want to be they want to be men until they get into a fight with a man. Okay, and and that's exactly what happened. She wanted to be a man, and she made that next step like, you know, what's up, mm. and that was like her statement, what's up now. So I fired on her. Straight <laughs> I fired on her and dropped the bitch in the casino. Now, when she hit the ground, though, it was like, I can't believe he hit a girl. Like, I'm telling my date, bitch, we got to get out of here because there's cameras all over the casino. I probably didn't make it 20 feet until I saw the casino police coming towards me. And they, you know, I, I resisted. I didn't. I resisted peacefully, let them put on the handcuffs and walk me to the basement. You know, I've been booked before, so I know how this, you know, how this dog and pony show go. They book you, talk a little shit to you. You know, luckily enough, the young lady was kind enough not to press charges. But they did take a a lot of pictures of me and they let me know in a very unpolite way that I am never welcome back into this casino. I tried to go to the casino maybe four or five years after this incident had happened, and they promptly turned me around after so I hit the security checkpoint. Who knows? You know that little swipe thing when they kind of yeah. run your um, run your credit, run your uh, ID or maybe whatever? That, maybe that's why they do it. Just to save you on the, on the, the no-fly list. Yeah. Oh, and they turn my ass right the fuck back around. No no, thank you, Mr. Bradley. You're not welcome here. Oh, that's crazy. And that's feminine, that feminism at its finest. That shit, t- feminism going wrong. Yeah. You wanted to be equal and you got your ass sat down. I mean, but, you know, if you think you can try me out in these streets, I'll knock a bitch out. <laughs> and on that note, uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Mama, like, we made it. We on iTunes, yo. Subscribe on iTunes. Like, comment, retweet. Retweet. Post. Hit us up on Facebook. Well, on Instagram or or, or yeah, Twitter. On Instagram is a uh, uh, Shop Talk Podcast at Shop Talk Podcast at Dang Gone Wild on Instagram and on Twitter and I'm on Snapchat and uh, J Johnson three one three on Instagram J Johnson three one three on Twitter. We got to Snapchat this shit next time. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might even Facebook Live that shit. All right, but until next week, holla at us. All right, appreciate it, folks. See you in the trenches.